Hello, my side hustler friends. So let me ask you this. Giving free advice, products, or programs to your friends and family, working more hours than you do at your day job, and everyone in your Facebook group is a relative or coworker. How is that working out for you? I'm willing to bet that this is not the lifestyle you planned when you decided to start a side hustle. I'm guessing you thought that once you had your website up and running, you were good to go, right? So right now you're feeling completely trapped, stunned, and overwhelmed. If no one wants to support your business for free or for a discount, they'll never pay you, right? Ugh, wrong. And it's okay, my friend, I know how you feel. I've been there before. It's time to stop doing what you're doing because we both know it's just not working. I'm here to introduce today the Smart Side Hustle Society, an exclusive membership for career professionals who want to start and scale a side hustle of their very own. And as a listener of the Got Side Hustle, I have an exclusive discount just for you. Go to chrismcpeak.com forward slash SSHS, that's for Smart Side Hustle Society, chrismcpeak.com forward slash SSHS, and pick up the amazing exclusive discounts that's just for you, the Got Side Hustle Show listener. Now let's check into this week's amazing new episode. Okay, I don't know about you, but I've had it up to my armpits with this whole screw the nine to five mentality. Believe it or not, some of us really love our day jobs and don't wish to screw them. And yet we've got an additional calling, maybe a hobby or a need for supplemental income that's just purring to us, make me a side hustle. And that's where I come in. I'm Chris McPeak, your host for this life quest to do the work we were meant to do and run a small business. If you're looking to maximize your time so you can run the side hustle of your dreams, then you are absolutely in the right place. This is the Got Side Hustle Show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Got Side Hustle Show. I am your host, Chris McPeak, and today we're going to talk about growing up in the side hustle world. And I'm really excited to have today's guest, Sharon Karen, on the show. Sharon is a best-selling author, a speaker, and a spiritual intuitive and coach. We met on a fellow podcaster's monthly uh, money chat, Heather Zeitzwolf. We love Heather. Heather is amazing. Sharon, thank you so, so much for making time to talk to me today. Thank you, Chris. Thanks so much for having me. This is fun. Well, I love your story that your dad was a side hustler. So let's talk about what it was like to grow up with a parent who had a full-time job and a side hustle. Well, let me tell you, my dad was born in Chicago in 1908. Oh my God. And he wow. was the baby of nine. Wow. And the little kids used to hang out with, you know, all of the, all of the, the, the men that were, <laughs> uh, the, they, the men, what, what do you, what do you call them? The, the patriarchs, the storytellers. Well, the, the ones that, that were, gosh, how come I can't, the, the gangsters. Oh, right, right. Okay. <laughs> in Chicago, yes. Right. In Chicago, the gangsters. So he was a little boy. He was the baby of nine okay. in Chicago at that time. Wow. And 
you know, all the all the gangsters, they used to come and they used to throw pennies and candy out to the kids and stuff. And that was my dad. Wow. And so he that's where he came from. So he came from a very poor family mm-hmm. and he was always hustling. I think from the time he was so little in that environment. Right. And so then, of course, he was much older when he had me. I think he was 40 when he had me. Wow. And so he had been in Chicago. He moved to LA. Him and my mom met, you know, um, after in Oakland and had me when he was 40. And so he was a jobber. He, I mean, he hustled everything any way he could to make a dime. He worked six days a week. He was traveling. The man was amazing. He was a great father and he was amazing. And what I can tell you is he said, work hard, play hard. Yes. And that was his, that was his gig. And it was, he only had Sundays off. Wow. So when, when I was growing up, I watched him and he was very fast moving. My mother was slow. Then never the two shall meet. My dad was Jewish. My mother was Lutheran. Oh my God. You know, they never got along about with anything <laughs> and ended up my, my dad left when I was 11. And the only good part about that was that the fighting stopped. Mm-hmm. My mother never got over it. My sister never got over it. Wow. But, but I took what I saw and I seem to know more about life at I believe it was probably my spiritual connection that I always had ever since I can remember right and my mother and my sister really had always had a difficult time of course until they never got over it however then I became the hustler, because I learned really well from my dad. He was very fast moving and, you know, he made it happen, you know, whatever he needed, somehow it can, he, he would materialize it. You know, right. he, was, he was a creator and he, so he, wow. when, when like with World War II and all of that, he was not drafted because he actually bought and sold the the military stuff that's what oh, he, wow that's what he did and so they didn't take him because he was doing that hustle you he know was needed all, more to provide supplies and equipment and those types of things yeah so that's that's what he did wow. anyway so when he left of course the, the money was very very tight mm-hmm. and I began mowing lawns and and washing cars and ironing for for money you know for for extra money because my mother didn't you know had enough to make the house payment that was about it and she was a cocktail waitress okay so it it was interesting so I just grew up automatically so then when I did start finding uh, different jobs as I was growing up I delivered mail I I worked at a tool and die I I you know in college I I studied I studied psychology because I always wanted to know why right I wanted to understand all of this stuff that was always going on along with you know my spiritual connection but that was always the drive wow was I want to understand you know how come some people do this or that and they're really successful and other people are having the toughest time it was always so amazing to me wow 
so I just did a lot of things and I always did at least two things because whatever it was I was doing, the one thing wasn't enough. Wasn't enough. Right. Right. Did you, did you find it was a matter of, this is not enough from a financial standpoint, or did you find it was a matter of, this is not, this is not enough to feed my soul and make me feel like I'm living up to my potential? Well, I'm sure it was a little bit of both. Of both. Mm -hmm. Because I always had, I always had the drive. Yeah. And so I worked at Bank of America and then I cocktailed at night, you know, and of course I loved that part, you know, all of that and the, and the, the camaraderie, you know, with the right. women and having fun with the friends and all of that. Yeah. And then I worked for Canadian airlines and I got to travel the world, Beautiful. but I was also still doing this, um, side hustle where I was, I was writing, I sold, uh, commercial or sold commercials to I, it was in strawberry in Marin County and oh. they and, and they had they had a guide that was for all the classes at strawberry okay. and how they funded that was I sold advertising okay so I sold the advertising uh, you know and as I was traveling the world and all of that wow so it was, it was really amazing. And then actually I kind of then grew out of that and, and grew into my, my body work that I did right. for 25 years. Wow. But in doing that and helping people in that way, there were many parts of that. And that's where the spiritual work came in with the healing Okay. So it was another healing modality, but I worked hands-on uh, with the people that came and did reposturing dynamics with them, which was stretching, muscle stretching. Okay. And then on the other side, the spiritual work just was always calling to me. And so I, I did that as well. I did that part-time. So the spiritual work was my side hustle at when I began my entrepreneur, like my dad, you know, creating whatever it was going to be where I was going to work for myself. I was really tired of working for other people. Mm -hmm. And this was yeah. like, in, and I was 30 something when I got, when I finally when you figured that, that out. Yeah. yeah. I think that that winds up being an impetus for a lot of people to leave their, their full-time job as they think like, I'm just not cut out to be an employee. What I wanted to ask you was, what was the very first thing that you did coming out of college? And were you, were you already engaged in, in having a side hustle at that point? Like what, so you graduated college, and then you got a full-time job, but what was that? And then what were the side hustles you were still tinkering with along the way? Well, I actually just took college courses and I didn't graduate. Got it. Okay. Because I was always working. You were always working. You were just getting and I was done. always working like two jobs because okay. one job, whatever it was, if it was a, the tool and die or working at the Bank of America was not ever enough. Right. Because my, I wanted to buy a house. Mm-hmm. And, and finally, I was able, when I, I began uh, my bodywork business and doing the spiritual work on top of that, I actually bought a condo in San Francisco Beautiful. on Fell Street. 
And I absolutely thought I died and went to heaven. Right. I mean, I was so, because I, that was it. My mother had our family house that uh-huh. we always grew up in. And I knew that home was really important to me. Yeah. And that was always a driving factor that, that I loved. Then when I was doing both, um, both of those things, you know, after, you know, I, I bought my condo and then I actually went into the bodywork business full time and doing the spiritual work part time. That's when I kind of, when it came together and I kind of made all of that happen. Right. But that really was my sole purpose mm-hmm. as a healer. I've always been a healer. Even when I was little, I was taking care of my folks and my sister. Right. That's so beautiful. So talk a little bit about that, that finality of realizing like, okay, this is what I'm, this is the gig I'm supposed to do. This is the way I'm supposed to serve. This is the way I'm supposed to make money. Now I'm going to do it full-time until I feel like stopping. So what, what was the point? What was the aha moment, the light bulb over your head that made me go like, okay, this, this is it. And this is what I'm going to do. That was the culmination of, well, first actually getting into my body. I did have, when I was 27, after I got divorced, I actually had a spiritually a spiritual awakening. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you wrote about that in your book. Yeah, because I was divorced working, you know, I was 27 divorced working two jobs and financially, you know, couldn't make it. Right. And then I was dating this really cute guy that looked like Elvis Presley. And and after I got divorced and I was like, um, okay, maybe there really is more to this life. I'm not being sad anymore. I'm dating this guy. Then we go to, and I, at that time, my side hustle, I was working at Bank of America. My side hustle was Cafe Bohemia where I cocktail. Okay. So friends, some, a couple of girlfriends and I, we go to Cafe Bohemia on a Friday night and the bars packed you know we we go in and and we say hello to Stuart the favorite bartender and I'm standing there we're waiting for our drinks and I look around the room and I look over at the door and I see my Elvis lookalike boyfriend walking through the door with a six foot sexy redhead hanging on his arm oh dear and I looked I couldn't believe it. I looked at my friends. They looked at me. They saw what I saw. And I said, I'm out of here. I walked past him. I didn't say a word out to my car, my 240Z, orange 240Z, get in the car. Then I'm crying. I mean, right. the tears are just streaming. Just coming, yeah. I should have not. There wasn't the best thing to do, but it got on the freeway in the slow lane. I don't know what happened, but what happened was I, either I passed it, the car, did a U-turn across four lanes, across 680. Oh I hit the center divide going the opposite direction. And when I look, when I, I came to, I'm like, I'm floating above the car and I'm looking down and I'm thinking, whoa, I'm out of here. Yeah. But then all of a sudden I'm looking down, I saw my chest heaving in, in the car. And then suddenly I was pulled back into my body and I'm like, okay, now what? Now I'm going the wrong way on the freeway. I can't get my car off the center divide. I'm right. going back and forth and back and forth. Finally, I do. And I make another U-turn. So you're conscious now and driving. 
after having seen yourself in your car. I was. And, wow. and however, when I was driving my car, when I did the U-turn again across four lanes, now by the grace of God go I, because I do two U-turns on a freeway, on a, freeway. A, a busy freeway. I didn't hit anybody. Nobody hit me. I get off the freeway ramp. Everything's dark. Everything's like black. So I'm not seeing things, but I'm hanging onto the steering wheel so tight, trying to hold onto it because I'm driving on two flat tires. Oh my gosh. So somehow a homing, like a homing pigeon, I made it back into my carport. One of my friends worried about me. So she got back in her car and she'd been driving around looking for looking me. for you. Wow. And so then I'm in my carport and she doesn't drive in yet, but these guys go, are you okay? They looked oh. at my car and my and whole tires. Yeah. Was total. Wow. And I said, well, I couldn't shut the key off. I said, I don't feel very good. My neck hurts. But I said that I, I, I couldn't shut the car off. And he goes, I'll handle that. So he, wow. on impact, the key flew out of the ignition under the seat. He found the key under the oh seat. Gosh. And here I am driving. You know, anyway, so he shuts the car off. He walks over. Then my friend drives in and she said, I'll take care of her from here. Okay. He takes me to St. Rose Hospital. We walk through the doors to go into emergency. And in emergency, they're doing x-rays and everything. And all of a sudden, they lay me flat on a stretcher with sandbags on the sides of my head and put me in a dark room. Mm. This doctor walks in and he says, you have a broken neck. Oh my God. And I said, I laughed. Right. And, and like, what I are said, you talking about? I said, right. I said, I've been walking. I drove my car. I've been walking around. I'm doing all of these things. I said, people that break their necks are dead. And he said, well, some of them are, but you're not. Wow. And I said, well, I know I'm not. However, and he said, <laughs> Well, he said, here's what I want to do. If we can, if we, we can wrap you in this fiberglass cast, you can heal naturally. But first we have to get do traction and get the bones back together because the bones were like this, mm. but it hadn't severed my spinal cord. That's why I was still alive. Wow. And I That's thought that, that I would be dead in, the, in that case. But anyway, six days of, of being in traction. in traction. Finally, on the sixth day, he hangs 50 pounds of weight that he had, they put screws into my skull, 50 pounds of weight hanging off my head. Wow. And it, they find, he finally gets it. He's holding me with the weight hanging. They're wrapping me in the fiberglass. And so anyway, after that, you know, Three, three months in a body cast, I had all the time in the world to go within. Yeah. And my friend, her pastor would come to see me once a week and he said we would pray. But what he was doing was he was doing creative visualization and he was having me met, see my bones in my neck come growing Coming together. Wow. That's beautiful. So that it's been quite a ride. I guess. But at that point, <laughs> yeah. I really knew that when I was still living, 
mm-hmm. that there was something that I came for that I hadn't completed yeah. and that it was really important that I do that. And then that's what led me to the body work and to the spiritual work. And now, and then COVID. So I couldn't figure out how to fire my clients. Okay. I had these body work clients for 25 years. They supported me. Mm-hmm. They loved me. They never stopped coming. I went to Israel and when I got back from Israel, I was gone for two weeks, two weeks after I got back from Israel, everything shut down with COVID. Oh boy. Wow. And I didn't have to fire my clients because they didn't come. Right. They couldn't. Well, yeah. I mean, I worked in a chiropractic office and so we had, we had like all of the you know, people would come in the back door, one person at a time with each right. one of us, they would yeah. come in the other doors, but they, I could, I don't blame them, but they, sure. nobody came. And so you, what happened was I've been visioning for two years that I would be full-time in my spiritual practice. Right. And COVID came and handed me. The freedom would, to pursue your new thing. Yes, because yeah. I had got, I had met 10 new people and they all wanted me to do readings and clearings when I got home. And yeah. when I got home, that's what I did. And that's what I've done ever since. Ever since. So let's talk a little bit about that practice. How do you, how do you serve clients now? What is, what would someone come talk to Sharon about? What I, what I actually specialize in is having, having my clients, well, I, I tell them the rest of the story, like who you are on the soul level, whatever your soul wants you to know right now, I read the Akashic record, Mm -hmm. everything has a record and everything's there. Also, everything is energy. Yes. Everything is energy and everything's connected. And everything's in, in the unified field, in the sticky thought substance. That's where I read the Akashic record okay. for people. And what this does is it just reminds us that we are luminous light beings, powerful beyond measure, having a human experience in this earth suit. Yes. And I wanted to share the map of consciousness. I could put it in the chat. Okay. If you'd like, because this map, have you heard of David R. Hawkins? No, I have not. David R. Hawkins was a scientist and a doctor, a a psychiatrist, and he actually attained enlightenment in this life. He, He married science and spirituality and the map of consciousness comes from years of the work that he did okay and so that's why i like to share this it's so important because without energy with without energy we cannot maintain a physical body with ease i don't it I don't know if I can, maybe I can't upload this, but I can. We can put uh, it in the, if you email it to me after the show, we'll put it in the show notes. So people. I will. I absolutely will. This is a life-changing document because how do we talk about energy? Mm -hmm. How do we, how, how do we keep our energy up on this map? We want to be 200 or above. Okay. That's, we have to have that energy coming in through our chakras from our spirit body into our physical body in order to keep our physical body living with ease. 
And so you work with people to get that equilibrium back. Totally. To balance the physical body with Mm -hmm. the spirit body, with our chakra energy and understanding that there's ways uh, to keep our energy up. Like I use abundance oil you know we're talking about the reason that that we do different things abundance oil is a very high frequency what we're and it's a touchstone for those of us in a physical body and these are things that really help so putting on abundance oil helps to under us to understand that we come from an abundant universe as a matter of fact it's actually the law of compensation the law of abundance. There's never a lack. There's no lack. So when we come here and we forget about who we are, Mm -hmm. we forget that there is really no lack in the universe. And we've just been blocked in this physicalness. So our spiritual body, bringing through the energy from the chakras into our physical body, so the physical body can live with ease, we quiet our nervous system down, and then we can live with ease. And then we have all the touchstones that a couple of tools of the map of of consciousness is raise your frequency, change your life. In the book that I wrote, the chapter that I wrote is called raise your frequency, change your life. Because when we understand the energy, we can wrap our mind around it and understand that that's where all, where the law of compensation, the law of abundance comes from the other universe. And the gratitude and love energy is the same frequency. So another quick way besides becoming, uh, you know, that using that that map of consciousness, and using abundance oil because that raises our energetic frequency through the plant material we can also do a gratitude practice where every every night i write five things i'm grateful for Mm -hmm. i do that too in my journal it's so important for creating that really keeps the energy up so we've got that practice in a daily journal i highly recommend it when we're in gratitude our we can look at the map and you can see where the, where the gratitude is, is on the map. It's up 350 and 400. And that's where we really want to be. So all of the, all of this success comes from our energetic frequency, feeling expansive or Mm -hmm. contractive. If we're feeling expansive, we're in the higher energy realms. If we're contractive, there's little to no energy coming in. It It doesn't match success in in a a day job, in a side hustle or any of the things. (laughs) Right. So all of this opens up. And that's how I, that's how I assist people to understand who they are, the rest of their story and how to work with the tools. Excellent. So I'm looking at your website, Sharon, where can people find you if they would like to book a call with you or hire you any of the things? 
Absolutely. I have my website is really easy. It's my name, Sharon Karen. So it's just www.sharonkaren.com and right on the homepage, the other gift. So you're going to go ahead and, and do the, the map of consciousness because I really want people to get that. Yes. And then I have another gift on my website up in the banner and it says uh, free seven chakra guide. And this will help you to focus on your energy inside of your of your your spiritual body, which connects to the physical body. So all of this is another tool. So you've got those two tools along with the gratitude practice. And on my website, you can book um, a discovery call with me. I would love to chat with you and find out because we're all in this together. And we're yes. all here to support one another. And we for only we forget. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Well, I have just requested my chakra guide and I will book my discovery call after I finish with my interviews for the day. We have been chatting today with Sharon Karen, spiritual healer and bestselling author. Sharon, thank you so much for being with us today. I really appreciate it. It was delightful, Chris. Thank you, my love. <laughs>